Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 144 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Richard Warburton. Richard is the co-founder of Obsian.com and maintainer of the RTO Fix Engine. He's worked as a developer in different areas, including developer tools, HFT and network protocols. He has also written the book Java 8 Lambdas, which was published by O'Reilly. Richard is an experienced conference speaker, having spoken at dozens of events and sat on conference committees for some of the biggest conferences in Europe and the USA. He also holds a PhD in computer science from the University of Warwick. So Richard, can you expand on that brief introduction and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Something that's a bit different for perhaps me compared to a lot of other people's careers professionally is that I've often worked for myself or worked uh, as a contractor, for example, um, or worked on different projects where I perhaps had a bit more uh, control over the direction of that project. What I do at the moment, which is things that I really enjoy, uh, I uh, run a company called Opsian, which I run with a, a friend of mine, Sadiq, who I've, I've known a number of years. Um, and Opsian is a low, very low overhead continuous production profiling tool. So we help people understand and solve their performance problems by telling them what their software is actually really doing in, in their production system. So that's quite an interesting thing to be working on as it's uh, a business, a startup that we, we, we founded together. And I also work on uh, various consulting engagements, so helping organizations improve the performance of their software. Yeah, and a lot of those engagements are related to people doing uh, more, say, financial trading systems, things like that. People talking, getting their systems to talk to uh, exchanges, trading venues, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, we could go into a long conversation about uh, the expansion of things like data and the need for performance. Is, is that the reason you got into this particular area? I think that what it is really more is a, an interesting space in terms of the technical problems that you get to solve there. I've always been a believer that there's, you know, there's a lot of really good work out there to be done on a lot of software projects that don't necessarily have a huge pushing the envelope technically aspect to them. Uh, and I think I would say most work falls into that line, but I've always been uh, really keen on trying to find areas where you do get to push uh, the envelope technology-wise in, in various uh, forms. Uh, so that's the kind of reason that really attracted me to, to, to that kind of work. So Richard, can you share a career tip with the IT Career Energizer audience, one they perhaps don't know and should? If you get the opportunity, try and work with people who you can learn things from. I've been really fortunate, I would say, in my career in terms of working with a bunch of people who I've who 
I've learned lots and lots of great things from. I, I've done some work with uh, a guy called Martin Thompson, who's amazingly smart, really, really nice guy as well. And I've, I, you know, worked with a number of other people in the London area in the kind of Java space as well. Martin Verberg, I've worked with previously, who's uh, another guy who I learned a great amount from working with. Uh, I worked with Kirk Pepperdine for a while. He's another guy who I learned a huge amount from working with. Um, I've not directly, you know, sometimes you may not have the opportunity to work with really good people in your day job necessarily, but even if you don't have that, trying to help out on open source projects as well. I've done a bunch of um, open source projects, which I, I feel have helped uh, my career or helped me meet people, even if it's not a, you know, even if it's not something you're, you're maintaining yourself, but I've come into a whole bunch of contact with some really fantastic people I feel you can learn from through that line of work as well. So I think it's really the case that if you're working with somebody for an extended period of time, uh, you'll pick up knowledge from them, you'll pick up habits from them, uh, you'll pick up kind of attitude and, and philosophy and things from them as well. Especially if they're and and what you really want to do is try and put yourself in contact with other developers or other whatever the specific line of work it is who you can really learn things from and who will kind of help improve you professionally as well. I think that's that's always really important. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think yes, being able to um, surround yourself with people who give you different dimensions potentially that you can actually leverage can certainly make a difference to the way you can move your career forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Richard, can you perhaps tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? I tell you something that's, something that's quite funny is, um, so you know, uh, if you've got a, the windows operating system, if you're using windows, uh, it has this blue screen of death, uh, situation, right? I'm sure you must be familiar with it. Yeah, very much so. Yes, very much so. I'm very, very much unfortunate. So, <laughs> but what very few people know is that um, you can also get macOS to have a blue screen of death situation. Okay, right. People don't uh, encounter the macOS. I'm, I'm not sure what its name is. It's like a. It's it's it. To, to clarify as well, just as with everything else with Apple software, it's much prettier than the Windows blue screen of death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the the first day I was working uh, for a company called J Clarity, I was sitting there. I wrote a little bit of code. Uh, just to do a small bit of change on this uh, product that they were they were developing that had some uh, it was running a kernel module and we had a look through the code it looked good I pushed it to our GitHub repository uh, CTO pulled it down ran it on his laptop and immediately did the uh, blue screen of death effectively <laughs> on his macOS laptop on. Pretty much the first piece of code <laughs> I'd, I'd written I'd written for him, so I think that was a pretty bad first impression. I think to to give in sure. to give anyone. Job. Um, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, Martin was very understanding. He was more excited by the fact that this thing had happened, which 
uh, had he'd heard of theoretically could happen, but had never actually experienced himself until that point in time. So what did I learn from that? Well, I think there's a few things. Firstly, that when you have coworkers and colleagues who are supportive when you make mistakes, that that can really help you uh, move forward and not feel that it was a huge problem. You know, he just kind of laughed it off and, and we fixed the problem and moved on. I think the other thing as well that I learned from that, which is the kind of thing that, you know, it sounds obvious and you always know it in your mind or you always kind of should know it in your mind, but you don't really, a lot, a lot of problems kind of, I think, feel in software kind of revolve around this kind of thing, which is that sometimes you'll write software, your code will run in a certain environment or a certain situation. And you won't have fully considered the other situations in which that code might run. And I think it's always worth something to to give some appreciation of, is that we often look at the um, the golden path, shall we say, uh, in code. We always look at the happy path, the scenario where you imagine it working, and perhaps don't give enough thought to, well, you know, what are the other behaviors that kind of emerge from the situation when uh, you don't really realize what are the scenarios that you, you haven't thought of that you can perhaps brainstorm or code a bit more defensively or test a little bit more thoroughly or you know all sorts of things like that that you can avoid making those mistakes with perhaps a little bit more thought. So I think that that was a, a good takeaway there. Indeed. It's all the what-ifs, isn't it? What could go Absolutely. wrong? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's sometimes very hard to identify which of those what-ifs are immediate problems that are high priority for you to solve. And sometimes very hard for you to, uh, you know, which of those things are just nice theoretical brainstormy ideas. But it's always good at least to have that, to have that thought uh, as you're going through and, and uh, writing code and trying to figure out are there any what-ifs I should be tackling? What's what's the work that this could do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I must admit, I have never come across the um, the blue screen of death for a Mac. So that's something I have to look out for. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? Something I already remember being at the time especially, very, very satisfied with and very, very happy with was finishing off and getting published a book uh, with O'Reilly. It was Java 8 Lambdas. It was released just a little bit after Java 8 was officially released, but we, we got there roughly on schedule. And it was one of those projects where when you're writing a book, it's a very long-term project compared to a lot of other projects that you, you might engage in. You know, it was it best part of a year. I was working uh, full-time uh, pretty much throughout writing the book as well. So it was where I could find time here and there to get things progressed. But when you've got one of those projects that's building and building and building like that, it's often a little bit hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But when you finally get there, you know, it feels really, really good that you've, you've achieved a goal and uh, finished off 
uh, writing them. So I'd, I'd probably put that as a, a particular, a one that definitely comes to mind at the moment. I was very, very happy at the end to uh, finish and complete the book and, and have it out there in the wild and have people reading it. And yeah, that was good. Do you get much feedback from your book in terms of people who've read it and, and uh, want to be in contact with you? I do a little bit. I It's because it was published about over four years ago now, I don't get that many people talking to me about it recently, but certainly around the time it was published, there were quite a lot of very, you know, it's always great to receive feedback, uh, positive or negative, but there was quite a lot of very nice positive things. You would periodically get somebody on Twitter just messaging you saying, or connecting on LinkedIn and saying, hey, I read your book, thanks a lot. It really, you know, really taught taught me something or mentioned some particular aspect. And that's really, really satisfying, I think, when you get that feedback from someone who's actually, A, you've made a difference and helped them understand something. And B, they've then taken the time on their behalf to say to, to say thank you for that. It's, that's always great. Indeed. Um, so Richard, can you Tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT. It's just there's so much opportunity, I would say. So much opportunity. I mean, there's this uh, phrase that I, I, I don't know if you've heard it. I think, I think it originally comes from uh, a venture capitalist, actually, uh, which was software is eating the world. Yes. And... In some ways, a scary time to be living through, but it's an amazing time to be living through if you're uh, working in the industry. And you can see so many things just change around you. I mean, the weekend just passed. I I went on holiday and I was in uh, Vienna, which is a lovely city. And I was just discussing with some family members whilst I was there and just saying how much your ability to visit a city or go on holiday has changed in the last 10 years, it used to be that you had to intimately plan all the details out. You needed to take a whole bunch of books with you, maps with you. You're liable to get lost. Not anymore. Whip out your smartphone. You have a great quality map that follows you around with you in your pocket. And you've got your GPS device. It totally changes the way that you travel that you move around. But I mean, it's not just the changes for, you know, going on a trip. It's everything around us is, is changing so much. I feel as a result, as a result of uh, software and as a result of technology change. And it's something that really excites me is, is, is that impact that you have so much on, on altering people's lives. The whole industry does have an, an impact on really changing the way people's lives live. And it's very exciting to be part of that. So we're going to go into the reveal round and we're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Yes, definitely. Let's do it. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Ah, that's an interesting question. I think I'd always been interested in the way things worked when I was a kid. And I was always interested in making things and building things. I loved Lego. I always have a big theory that a lot of people who work in software 
played with Lego bricks when they were a kid. I don't know if you yep. counted this uh, at uh, all. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. It's come up before, yeah. Absolutely. And so I always thought it was, you know, something that combined that kind of the ability to make things and the ability to, you know, have a tinker around and play with how things work. But I also, I mean, I, I, that could probably apply to lots of different fields, couldn't it? There could be a lot of engineering things where that was the case. But I, I guess computers were always something that was interesting for me just because they were so varied and you could do so many different things. You know, you had the same basic hardware and you had the ability to uh, write software that let them do all sorts of, of different varied functions. So I guess it was that was a lot more exciting for me than other areas of interest. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? I think in terms of the thing that's changed my career or helped my career, um, it was probably encouragement. Actually, the guy who encouraged me to do public speaking first or tried to get me to go and do it at, at, at speak at some software conferences. It was actually a guy called Ben Evans. Um, so yeah, thank, thank you, Ben, for making that suggestion. But his idea was that I should go and put together a talk and try and get that talk accepted at some software conferences and go and do more public speaking. I think that's been a real change for me in terms of career opportunities. It's is something that, uh, you know, I'm, I've been cutting down on it more recently, but I, for a long period of time, I've run training courses on how to write uh, Java code, or better, better Java code, more modern Java code. So that was a real change for me career-wise to, to do some of that training work and also to, to run a lot of talks at conferences and Java user groups, meetups, things like that. And... So that was a, a real, because I, I think it was, it was something that you, I don't want to say you need advice, because some people figure this stuff out for, for themselves. I, I probably wouldn't have on my own if I'm being completely honest. I needed someone to say, hey, you can go and do that, and it'll be a good thing for you to do. It'll, it'll open doors, it'll open opportunities for you. And definitely that was, that was something for me that helped. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? It seems like the most exciting, hot area right now is all around artificial intelligence. And even though a lot of the work in that space isn't really about true AI as such, a lot of it's about building software systems that are a bit smarter and kind of learn and adapt from the data you provide them. I think that's a really great area for people to be going into. Certainly a, an interesting and challenging one. I know a few people who work in that space in, in varying forms. They all seem to be having uh, a really good time and having great career opportunities there. So I, I think that would be a good route to go down if you were starting today. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? My biggest career objective at the moment is really a business objective rather than necessarily a personal career objective, uh, which is kind of growing Opsian, which is um, a business I run, as I mentioned. 
or co co-founded and, and co-run at least. And so, yeah, the, the objective there is really to, to grow the business, get more customers on board, uh, expand out and maybe hopefully hire some uh, people as well. So that would be, that would be great. And I think that uh, encompasses a lot of personal development, I would say in that area. So in a lot of, a lot of my career up to that point, I've worked much more technology focused doing software development. And I think when you're running a business, it requires you to uh, expand your set of skills that you're engaging in. You need to not just be having a product that works and a product that helps solve people's problems, but you also need to engage in some marketing so people understand where that product is, how they can find it, some sales to actually make sure you have people uh, paying you money so you can uh, afford to pay your mortgage and your, your living costs. And, the rest of it. and also you spend a lot more time on those kind of activities. So even though that's a kind of a business goal to grow that business, it's also a career goal really, because it involves expanding my set of skills and expanding uh, what, what I do professionally. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I would say public speaking, as mentioned. That was you know, a big thing for me to uh, start doing talks at software conferences. It, would have, it definitely led to me writing the book uh, that I mentioned earlier with O'Reilly. It led me to get in contact with a load of people who I probably wouldn't have met and that girl also gave me a lot of opportunity, so that was great. Yep. Um, Richard, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career NHS audience? I would say you should practice your writing skills. Written communication is very important for uh, a lot of people who uh, work in IT, and I think as... People in IT were often really, or at least certainly looking at myself, really excited by technology and technical skills and building out those technical skills. And they're definitely important. But trying to uh, write more frequently, doing a bit of blogging, improving your email communication, things like that, is really, really useful. You know, you can't achieve anything on your own. It's very difficult to achieve a big thing on your own, maybe I should say. And in order to achieve things with other people, you always need to be able to communicate with them. And, and written communication is such a, an underrated part of that skill. So I would say definitely always be improving your, your writing skills if possible. Uh, Richard, finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? So I'm on Twitter. And my username on Twitter is Richard Warbateau. Because at the time I created that Twitter account, my name was too long for Twitter to allow us a <laughs> username. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the best place to find me. Right. Richard, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Very nice to speak to you as well, Phil. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week 
on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. You'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes, and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.